0: Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And
1: welcome to another episode of Podway. Yay!
0: <laughs> Yay. Um, <laughs> so this is the podcast where we talk about um things about musicals and theaters and place. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Avenue Q. Woo!
1: So um this is like following Princeton, who is a new college grad. He moves to Avenue Q and he experiences new friendship, love is he and his friend group try to navigate through life. Um, and it's kind of like has a very stylistic look like Sesame Street. Um very excited about
0: this musical. What do you think, Claire? Honestly, I didn't grow up with Sesame Street. Oh no. So you know <laughs> it's something that I saw online before and I recognize like the Cookie Monster and things like that, but it's not something that I'm very, very familiar with. Oh. So um I have to say like the puppet style is not something that I was very comfortable with in the beginning. But, um, yeah, I guess like, I started to understand his charm later on. Is But it's a very special style, I would definitely say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely, I haven't seen many musicals like this, or any musicals like this, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I actually became familiar with Avenue Q around like my late teens, around age 17 or 18. And... I kind of, like, stopped thinking about it when, like, my musical theatre phase um, stopped for a bit, like, when I went to university, and then we visited pretty much just now. Any history with Avenue Q? No,
0: none at, at all. I was not made aware of this musical until we decided to do an episode on this, uh, so everything is super new, and I had no expectation coming into it uh, whatsoever, so Yeah. <laughs>
1: So I guess I will inform some of you about the history of it. So um, Avenue Q debuted in 2003 and it was immediately very successful. It had uh, it was very warmly regarded by critics. It won numerous awards, three Tonys. It's also been nominated for a Grammy. So overall has been very successful um, since its debut. Um, all right. So I think now we can go through um, a song by song analysis um so the first song that we open with is the Avenue Q theme and as an audience what you see is like on screens there are some kind of like weird infographics of some sort of like sun-shaped character living its life and then like chilling at the end of a work day so yes I think it's like a very innocuous
0: like um, very light very light. like a
1: exactly. cartoony kind of style yeah exactly so I think like it's a uh, evoking Sesame Street a lot <laughs> in terms of the fact that it's like a very easygoing cartoon kind of like children's song vibe um, but then they were obviously inserting the adulty versions of like you have lots of bills to pay you work real hard and the pays real low part so like it lets you know right away what kind of musical it is going to be and this is before you actually even see the characters so um, if you're going into this blind and you don't know it's about like puppets um, and muppets of some sorts then all you have to go by is the song. So I feel like it kind of encapsulates pretty well. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so we can move on to, like, maybe the first proper song sang by an actual character, which is what do you do with a BA in English? So, um... Princeton, who is kind of our point of view, main character, um, is alone in uh, the darkest actually, and he soliloquies about his situation and his hopes for the future. Um, so since he's a recent graduate with a BA in English, he has no skills, but is hoping to make a difference in the world. And that kind of struggle of making a difference without knowing what you're suited to do in order to make a difference in the world is something we see him go throughout the entire musical. Uh, what are your thoughts?
0: I can relate to this, huh? <laughs> a lot. It's so true. Um, I have a BA degree um, and I feel like a lot of the times like it doesn't really get me anywhere. When I fresh out of the school, I also had a hard time trying to find a job. Um, even though that I do feel like I'm slightly luckier than Princeton because my major was psychology and you can probably do a lot more in psychology than in English. But That still doesn't take away the fact that um, I guess everybody would feel like it's a less valuable degree comparing to a lot of, like, I don't know, like the science degrees or business degrees um, in terms of getting you a job and getting you a more um, stable life. But I do feel like there should be more jobs available for degrees in English. Like, you have no idea how hard it is for people to use, like, proper grammars and stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... If we ever get sponsored by Grammarly, I think we have a good pitch for them for <laughs> an advertisement. <laughs> I know,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we should have done it in the in the My Fair Lady episode. But anyway. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of the character himself, I mm-hmm. don't really like Princeton. I didn't dislike him from the song. You, from yeah. the song. Okay, okay, so I didn't, like, hate him from the beginning. Okay. I kind of feel sorry for him from this very first song. But, like, I guess as the musical progresses, I didn't really enjoy his character also so much mm-hmm. um I feel like he's being pretty irresponsible even though we still haven't got the chance to see that but later on we see that he's spending his parents money on beer and stuff so it's not like he has no resources or support because mm-hmm. there are people who are like in debt and student loan um or has no family support so it's not like he's in any kind of that sort of situation he's very privileged yeah exactly in the sense Mm -hmm. but he still chose to spend his money making poor decisions so I feel like in a way that he deserves it is the attitude (laughs) that is irresponsible (laughs) it's not the degree that's useless it's more like your personality and decision making skills that determine what kind of life you'll, you'll have but that's just my opinion I mean, to an extent, I
1: can see where you're coming from. I don't hate Princeton. He's definitely not, like, a character that I necessarily like. But I think one of the good things about this musical is they chose you very flawed people. And they really try to, like, hammer it to you that everybody's flawed with every single song, almost. So, naturally, people occasionally do make bad decisions. They stumble into bad luck and um they have some personality um traits they need to work on and as somebody who is very young he's 22 he just graduated and he has no practical real life skills i do feel for him um and i see that obviously it's a struggle to improve as a person because if you come in with a character who is already like a perfect role model it won't be necessarily as interesting so I guess from this we can cut to It Sucks To Be Me. So we get introduced to the rest of the cast. We see that unlike Princeton, who is a puppet of some sort, Brian, uh, who is the next character we're introduced to, is human. And we're also introduced to Kate Monster, who is a monster-type puppet. And they're thinking about their respective failed lives. So Brian is unemployed and he wanted to be a comedian as a kid, but um, obviously he's not working as a comedian. He's not making money through that. And Kate can't find a boyfriend even though she has a job. So that is her problem. And after that, we see other main characters entering Rod and Nikki. So... um, for those of you who grow up with Sesame Street, they are clearly analogous to Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street. They're very iconic and the struggle that Rod and Nikki go through are also kind of like mirroring um, cultural ideas around Bert and, and Ernie that we'll talk about later. But uh, they live together, they have very different personality, Rod is very anal and clean and Nikki is, is messy and a bit of a a bit of a <laughs> carefree love. type. Care- yes, that's the yes. best way to put it, Claire. <laughs> carefree <laughs> type. Um, so they're very familiar with each other. They've been best friends for forever. But their struggle is it's difficult for them to sometimes get along. And then we also get introduced to Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is another human character. Um, She is a Japanese immigrant who worked her way up to earn two master's degrees in social work, but she can't find any clients. So uh, currently she's engaged to Brian um, and is really stressed about his lack of work and um, the fact that he can't pay the bills or they can't pay the bills together. And then as all of them discuss it together, Princeton strolls in looking for a place to live. And then Brian directs him to the superintendent in order to um, look for a place to live. So it turns out the superintendent is Gary Coleman, who is also human. Apparently he's a child star. He's a real person. Um, So his parents stole his money that he made from being a child star. And currently everybody makes fun of him. So everybody unanimously agrees that it sucks the most to be him. And, uh, yeah, the song essentially ends. And after the song, Brian introduces himself and Christmas Eve to Princeton, and Christmas Eve immediately asks Princeton if he's single and tries to set him up with Kate Monster. And we also get introduced to the last cast member, uh, or I guess main cast member, who is Trekkie Monster. He's also a monster puppet that lives upstairs, and apparently he's supposed to be Cookie Monster. And, yeah, Princeton goes with Gary to see the apartment, and Christmas Eve tells Kate to go after Princeton. So this is how the song ends.
0: It sucks to be me. No, it sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. Is there anybody here? It doesn't suck to be. It sucks to be me. I like the song. It's very funny. (laughs) It's actually the first song I've listened to, and I can totally relate to some of the struggles, Mm -hmm. like, obviously not having a job, and I guess, like, some of the struggles, like, when you're living with a roommate, and um, just pretty much like you know like when your life is far away from the expectation that how you picture your life would turn out to be um so that's that I like how they made the Asian character looks like she's working really really hard and mm-hmm. she has two master's degrees so that means that she's pretty smart too but the casting of Christmas Eve is a little bit confusing to me because I thought that she was white. I didn't read anything like that, so I'm not really, really sure if she's actually Asian or not, but it appeared to me when I was watching the musical that she looks like a white person, and I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but if it is it is the case that she's a white actress who's trying to play an Asian character and also having a very strong accent, I felt like she was like trying to overdo it too. Um, it's pretty problematic in my mind because of all the yellow-facing issue that we talk about in Miss Saigon. And this is a production in 2017. So I'm not sure how they will still continue the yellow-facing in 2017 and not ha- casting an actual Asian character to play Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for the sake of the musical, like, they found it, Funnier that way, I have no idea. Or maybe it's because the version I watched was a pretty local theater, is not a very um, like a war tour or anything. But I feel like if you have an excuse of like, oh, nobody just came in, or we can't find any Asian character that just sounds like an excuse to me because there is no way that you can't find an Asian character, uh, sorry, an Asian actress to play it. Um, so yeah, if you know, the actress is actually Asian or not, let me know, because I'm not sure. Yeah, please let us know. Yeah, but to it just she'll... appeared to me that way.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. To me, I thought she was Asian, so, like, if she actually isn't Asian, it's really fucked up. Definitely something that shouldn't be happening in 2017, and if you don't have any Asian character, sorry, Asian uh, actor to play the character, then just don't produce this show.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Oh, speaking of, of Christmas Eve, I don't know, I kind of, let me know if, if uh, this is a... Right assumption, but I kind of got like a very every Asian stereotype about like the tiger mama in her.
0: That's true, but I guess like she's not just a tiger mom. I feel like in terms of her character, I appreciate how they're trying to make her not the very stereotypical Asian like Kim from Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also very like strong, aggressive, in and, and smart and dominant in terms of like her relationship with brian um so i do feel like maybe in some way is very stereotypical tiger mom image but mm-hmm. at the same time like at least it's not the weak falling in love with the white oh brian is white but anyways yeah, brian white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's sort of like sexualized image if mm-hmm. you know what i mean for sure um Alright, so we're cutting to Rod reading his book
1: alone. He's very content. And then uh, Nikki, his roommate, enters and he's telling him that he got hit on by another guy in the subway. And Rod gets really flustered and says he doesn't care. Um, and then Nikki realizes Rod is being super defensive and lets him know that he's okay with Rod being gay. Um, in the song, If You Were
0: Gay. But just so you know, if you were gay, that'd be okay. I mean, cause hey, ah. I like you anyway. Ah. Because you see, if it were me, I would feel free to say that I was gay, but I'm not gay. So I actually kind of like Roth's character. Oh, he's fraud. Really? I thought he was, like, kind of funny. <laughs>
1: I, well, he is kind of funny, but, like, what he did to Nikki with, like, making him literally homeless, I cannot forgive that. What kind of a garbage thing it is to do when Nikki was being, like, very nice and apologetic. And didn't That's do true. Any, anything That's wrong,
0: true. to be honest. I feel like it is wrong to kick your friends out of the place, especially I'm assuming Nikki is also paying rent. But mm-hmm. um, I do feel like it's a little bit not appropriate to trying to force somebody to come out even though nikki was trying to be very sweet and and supportive and i get that but putting myself in rot shoes like if i'm not prepared or if i'm not ready to to you know announce um about my sexual orientation i feel like this is making me pretty uncomfortable um what do you think
1: I agree. Like, obviously, the way he went about it is not the greatest. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking about like Nikki. Um, But I think like the intent of being supportive was there. What like what I see is like the heart behind it. And he came in with every good intention. And obviously, the execution was very poor. He was very pushy in the song. But I don't know the fact that he kicked his friend out. And literally, because of that, he had to like, beg for alms and be homeless and sleep in a dumpster I don't know <laughs> it kind of sours me
0: on him okay yeah I agree but that like comes after though it's like much later oh yeah in the he, post- here he's
1: totally fine
0: um yeah. he, he's very entertaining but yeah as a
1: character as a whole he's probably the one that I have the most bond and uh, bone to pick just because of what he did to Nikki
0: okay okay that's fair that's fair.
1: And yeah, Benny, uh, sorry, um, Ernie and uh, Bence from Sesame Street, they have, like, a lot of speculations around them about, like, their sexual orientation as well, which is why I think they chose the specific thing. So, um, and since they modeled the entire thing after Sesame Street, um, sexual orientation is something they wanted to talk about, so they chose the um, Ernie and Bence. And I think, like, throughout the entire time of Sesame Street, like, people were the producers of the show are very upset about these allegations, but they were literally, they put them, like, in Time magazine as, like, gay icons or something. Um, so it's really, really funny that they chose this for, like, this duo for um, Rod and uh, Nikki. So, yeah, that's a bit of a context behind them. Um, okay, so we cut to Princeton and Gary. Uh, Gary gives Princeton all of the bills he has to pay and asks Princeton if he's working. And Princeton let him know that he's starting to work tomorrow. So um, they get interrupted by a phone call and the company is downsizing and they fired him before he even started. And Princeton tries to conceptualize this by thinking about this as an opportunity to work somewhere and on something that will give him a purpose in life. So then, like, Princeton starts to sing his song, like, Purpose, and he finds a penny from the year he was born and takes this as a sign that um, he is going to find his purpose. But what do you think about the, the song Purpose?
0: Um, The whole song kind of reminds me of the current movie, Soul. I don't know if you had the chance to watch it yet. I haven't. Um, okay, it's a it's a very interesting movie when they talk about um, what is the meaning of life pretty much and if each one of us like actually have a special purpose to achieve in life. And um, to me, it's like a very common question I think everybody at least would have at least once in their life thinking like what what is it all for? Um, so it in this sense, I feel like all the Princeton songs are pretty relatable it's probably because we're closer in age to him. I definitely can relate to his thoughts and situation a lot more than I do with other characters. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think the whole purpose, i the idea of having a purpose in life, it's very North American. Really? And, yeah, it is. For So, for example, in my culture, it's mm-hmm. not something that everybody always talks about. It's more so that you fit into like the societal expectation that you are, you know, um, taking care of your family, that sort of thing It's more important than your individual purpose. It's a very Western idea to me, because for us Asians, like your purpose kind of exists in a more collective concept. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, I wonder if this puts on any more pressure on the individuals in North American culture And what would happen if they think that they fail at it? I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. So in
1: the musical entirely, and in the song maybe even more specifically, they conflate purpose a lot with dream job. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously you do have a lot of autonomy choosing your job, and I'm guessing that's the case in Eastern cultures as well. Would that be equivalent to like you choosing your career then? I guess it's like putting western
0: eastern concepts Not together really yeah. to be honest because like only very okay so only very few couriers are respectable in asian cultures i, I don't think courier is much of a center in asian culture is more so the family part mm-hmm. um so so yeah i hope yeah. that answers your question that is interesting yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah. um so like
1: the dream job concept is also a very american like a western thing
0: I think so. I think so. Like most of the people, or I guess the younger generation in Asia, at least mm-hmm. it's more popular now that you're starting to think about all kinds of other possibilities in terms of career. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of people still kind of fall into, they just want a stable income. They want to be able to support for the family, um, to take care of their parents and not so much about like exploring what you want to do in life mm-hmm. necessarily. And, and in Korea sounds like it's, not as valued or um, heavily talked about, mm-hmm. yeah. But okay. Mu- okay. So musically, I don't really like Princeton's voice, but that's just another <laughs> small details and facts that I want to put Wait. out there. <laughs> okay,
1: another question. You don't like okay. the voice in the production we've seen or in the Broadway recording as well?
0: In the production that we see. Okay, okay, okay. That's fair. Yeah. I didn't like it either. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> right. What do like you think this... about the song though?
1: Um. I don't know. To be honest, the way you define purpose in, like, the uh, Eastern concept is similar, I guess, to how I think about it as well. Like, I feel like as human beings, if we want I, I'm going to be a bit existential right now, but <laughs> <laughs> you want to have, like friends and family around you and you want to be um working in something that is just able to support them but hopefully gives you enough time to actually enjoy being with them or that's the way I view it like I'm very close with my family um so I think about like work something that I wouldn't mind doing for like a third of my life but it's not necessarily like my purpose as well so, I don't think I can relate all that much to the lyrics as well, but I think it's a relatively nice character song for Princeton, yeah, agree. Um, okay, so this next song is actually one of the more catchiest songs and I'm also a bit conflicted about it. So um, the song is everyone's a little bit racist. Um, We cut to Princeton running into Kate. He asks her what's her purpose in life and she replies with her job, um, like we discussed before. So she's a kindergarten teaching assistant. And Princeton says, well, yes, that's what you are, but what's your purpose? And then she's really hesitant to reply, but eventually says her dream job or her dream, her purpose is to open a school for monsters. Because in the media, um, it's only talked about how monsters are bad and the bad things monsters do, but most monsters are actually great. So Princeton asks if Kate knows Trekkie Monster since both of them are monsters, and then he asks if they're related, and Kate is really offended um, and says that's actually really racist. Um, Princeton apologizes right away, and Kate tells him to be more careful when bringing up race. So Princeton says to that that she's actually a bit racist too, because her monster school is exclusive to only monsters, and he can't enter that. Um, So that makes her racist. And then they sing together about uh, everybody being racist and make a joke involving Black people, which Gary overhears. Gary Coleman is uh, played by a Black woman in the productions, Um, and uh, he's offended. So Princess says, of course you're offended, you're Black, but I'm sure you like jokes on other ethnicities. And Gary says, actually, I haven't thought about it that way. I do like jokes about other ethnicities. So I guess I'm a bit racist too. Then Brian comes in to see what the commotion is all about and Christmas Eve calls after him to take away the recyclables, but she has a heavy accent and the others make fun of her accent. Um, And Brian tries sticking up for her and Kay tells him to take it easy because everybody is a little bit racist. He says he isn't racist because he's married to Christmas Eve who is Asian, um, only he uses a more offensive term for Asians. And Christmas Eve overhears him and tells him that the term is offensive. Then Brian tells her, oh, okay, but you're also racist, and she's agreed. Between me and you, I think everyone's a
0: little bit racist sometimes. Doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes.
1: Um, What do you think about this song?
0: So, like you, I'm also pretty conflicted about the song. (laughs) The first time I heard it, the first part is actually quite agreeable Mm -hmm. because I think the message to... um, Initially, they're trying to say that we're all racist to varying degrees, so you shouldn't be too complicit and claim yourself to be the innocent. So I kind of thought the song was about preaching that We therefore have to act on our biases Mm -hmm. as nobody is really innocent. So that's the kind of vibe that I got from the eighth section of the song. Totally. But how the second half of the song progresses really kind of motivates me to question it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So in a song, like after they after Princeton and Kate agree that everyone makes judgments based on Mm -hmm. race, they begin to justify it and and kind of in my point of view, kind of downplay how serious it is. They explains that, um how people make racial judgments. They're typically not big judgments, like who to hire. But I'm pretty sure everybody knows that people do, in fact, make those judgments, like the big ones, based mm-hmm. on race, right? Like we decide who to hire um, and things like that, who to give the promotion to. So to me, it feels like the song is trying to reinforce the normalization of whiteness I don't really appreciate the fact that in trying to reassure the audience that ethnic jokes is okay (laughs) and they also say something about like if you learn how to just accept it and not take them as personal attacks then we can obviously just all live in harmony this is pretty much trying to say that since Gary also tells about white jokes He is, in fact, also a little bit racist. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying it's right to tell white jokes. But I think it's unfair to mislead the audience into believing that all racial jokes are created equal. And it completely, in my mind, ignored the ability of white people to kind of pass by and the privileges that they have. Whereas these are, a lot of times, are Um, available to people of color so that's the message I got from the song I don't know what you think I mean I largely
1: agree with you in terms of like the white joke it's a bit more complex than that so like like he enjoys Polish jokes Mm -hmm. and certain ethnicities within people who are considered white are a bit more disadvantaged than others Um, obviously I don't think it's like equal for example to jokes made on Um, other ethnicities that are not modernly considered whites, but um, the addition of, like, Polish people or, like, Irish people, Italian people, Jewish, Ashkenazi Jewish people, to whiteness is relatively recent. So I can see, like, so it's a bit more complex than just, like, putting them all as white. There is some context to it. So, like you, I thought the original idea between Kate Monster and Princeton was relatively good. Um, if you think about this, this musical came out in 2003, and this is coming off of decades and decades of colorblindness. Um, which is like mainly between the 1960s, and 1990s. And the colorblindness idea was uh, an, something that was really popular among white people specifically, even though people of color always knew that no one is actually colorblind. Like they definitely felt the kind of discrimination that uh, was directed towards them all the time. Uh, but it was something that is really, really um, widespread throughout like among white people. So this is kind of directly challenging that Um, and it's letting the white, largely white audience, because I feel like um, this has been something that has been discussed very thoroughly. Uh, Broadway has been very exclusive to like upper middle class white people Yeah, and I think this is, like, something that lets the, like, the audience that is mainly perpetuating the colorblindness idea that um, they are racist. Like, they're literally saying everyone is a little bit racist and that everyone kind of includes the audience in it. The reason why I'm conflicted is essentially exactly the same as yours. So we're listening to it in today's context, where it's super painfully obvious that there are actual, like, everybody is racist and there are actual, like global rise in the alt-right like a lot of hate crimes against black people a lot of hate crimes recently um, especially against asian uh, people and it's really difficult to take in a song like this they're saying like if we take everything more easy as a society it's going to be better for everybody um because things in the society right now are so broken and they need to be fixed that this strategy is definitely not going to work. And it's really, really obvious, talking from 2021, that this is the case. So for 2003, it was relatively revolutionary, and I think it had the right idea at heart. But for today, it's definitely missing the mark. What I think we can take about it from today's context is a lot of people come in with good intentions, and maybe we need to normalize the word, like, racism as referring to people so people like lose their shit when somebody mm-hmm. says that something they said is racist and I think if you understand that you come from like you, you as you as an individual cannot know everybody and you don't you grow up in a very specific context and being called out is not the end of the world it's just something you can improve Um, so maybe like talking about race in terms of like a more relaxed or I guess like less accusatory tone might be a good idea like that's what I'm trying to like maybe get something from this because people are really jumpy when race is discussed and that kind of might make them close off to talk about implicit and explicit biases they might hold mm-hmm. so that might that might be something we can take away from yeah. today
0: and the other thing that it's also valuable to take away from the song, I think, is, is um really comes down to caring about how other people may feel about what you say or do. Because, like, Brian had no intention of hurting Christmas Eve's feelings, mm-hmm. but she's still offended, right? And it's exactly. good to let the other person know that, okay, this is not okay. I made that kind of mistakes all the time and pretty recently, too. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, keeping a humble heart and, like, always trying to to learn something that you didn't before is is the key to kind of just you know stay respectful and hopefully the other person understands it too and um and that's the way that we can progress as a community I think exactly
1: Um, but yeah going back to the song I think it's really catchy when I listened to it originally this is one of the songs that I actually did keep like singing over and over again even though like Obviously, I would never sing it in public, (laughs) Um, but it's like a very catchy tune. Um, It's very like bright and optimistic, even though, yeah, there are some, there are some issues, Uh, but like the, the message, I feel the intent is good and um, the, the tune of it is, is really catchy. Um, Moving on to a song that I almost always skip. So this song is The Internet is for Porn. So we cut to Princeton contemplating careers for his purpose, and uh, we're introduced to the Bad Idea Bears. They ask Princeton where he is going, and he says since he's broke, he is going to find a job until he finds his purpose. And um, as we discussed earlier, and as you brought up, Claire, they convince him to buy beer. We also get to see Kate, who is getting a phone call from Miss Thistle Thiddle Twat, asking Kate to teach a class for her and Kate is super excited about getting to teach a lesson all by herself and she wants to teach about something that is modern and relevant like the internet which was a new thing I guess in 2003. Um, Kate practices for her lesson and keeps getting interrupted by Trekkie about the purpose of the internet. So Trekkie believes that the internet uh, is for porn while Kate sees the value of the internet beyond that. What are your thoughts
0: around this song? I don't really have much thought. It's kind of similar (laughs) to you. It's a song that I would rather skip. Um, It feels also a little bit outdated because we talk about internet is probably a new thing in 2003. Um, But the idea of internet in today's society is not that new anymore. And it's not only for porn anymore, too. So I feel like it's a l- feels a little bit irrelevant, almost. I don't know about that. I feel like this song stresses out that the
1: internet is obviously not only for porn. Like, she lists everything that everybody does on the internet that is not porn. And they're like, oh, you know, but it still takes a very dominant part. So I think that's, like, part of the intent of the song. Apart from that, I'm kind of wondering about, like, maybe this is actually something that we should talk about with maybe middle school children or something around that age group because that's something you're going to actually see a lot in terms of pop-ups. Like the amount of pop-ups that you get that is like porn related that you obviously don't speak out, but it just like comes there because it's such a wide thing that people look for in the internet is really concerning. And actually when I was like, what was it, nine or 10, I went to see like um uh, America's Next Top Model or something or like some kind of like thing that I had to look up online. And on those like sketchy websites that you view stuff online, you get tons of pop-ups. And one of the pop ups was actually for porn. And my mom saw it, and she freaked out. and I was like, I swear to God I didn't look for it. I didn't look for it. It just
0: pops <laughs> up. Um, so maybe this is actually something you should be talking about with kids. Okay, and that's a, that's a good point because I watch like online sports a mm-hmm. lot, and the advertisements is always pop porn. So yeah, I, that's so okay good point good point
1: (laughs) it's so annoying and I was like don't you have other things you want to advertise (laughs) so yeah but but the song itself is supposed to be really humorous I guess it's like oh this is something that exists I don't know um but um from that we cut to mixtape so Christmas Eve and Rod are together Rod got Christmas Eve's wedding invitation and then he asks Christmas Eve about her clinic And um, Christmas Eve is trying to really help Rod out because um, he's talking about a potential client, his quote-unquote friend. So um, he asks her about his friend who might be gay. um, And Christmas Eve is saying nothing is wrong with that and that gay people make a major contribution to arts and philosophy. And Rod obviously panics because uh, his quote-unquote friend is a Republican and an investment banker. So really not fitting into, like, I guess, the stereotype that that, uh, they talked about. Christmas Eve advises him to stay in the closet, because he's good for nothing, and uh, she wouldn't want a friend like that. Um, and then we cut to Kate at her apartment, thinking about Princeton. She likes Princeton, but she isn't sure how he feels about her. So Princeton comes into her apartment and gives her a mixtape. I like was after the whole mixtape thing as like, a token of your love, but I definitely heard about it being very popular you give like your crush a mixtape so for me it was like oh obviously he likes her but the songs in the mixtapes are ambiguous and random like at least in part a um so it was really difficult for her to decide if he likes her or not um and then princeton asks her to look at side b of the mixtape which is full of love songs and then he asks her out so what did you think about this song
0: well going back to a little bit earlier, um, to the conversation between Christmas Eve and Rod, I thought that it was pretty weird that they have Christmas Eve saying that she wouldn't want a friend like that because she seems not too homophobic when it's Rod came out homophobia. later.
1: I don't think so. The thing is because she reacted first to like him being gay, um, and she's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. When he told her he's a Republican, I think <laughs> that's <what> she <laughs> was, I a she
0: wouldn't want friend like. that. Oh, I see. So it's not about homophobics, but it's about the Republicans. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. Really. Okay, okay, interesting. Okay. um, Yeah, okay, that I guess that makes sense because I was like, well, you didn't see caring too much when Rotlight like, came out later on. So that makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. Um, So going back to the song Mixtape, I don't really think much about the two, to be honest. It's just, it's a pretty stupid love song to me. Yeah, I think it's like, okay song I wouldn't replay it yeah
1: um I guess it shows you a bit more of Kate and like the kind of person she is so it furthers her characterization in a Maybe. way um uh, but apart from Actually, that it just...
0: oh okay I have a question because okay <laughs> like in my culture mixtape is never a thing is it, it okay the qu- so the thing is for me
1: it wasn't a thing because like, if anything, it would be like, oh, let's l- let me like show you a song that I liked on like Facebook Messenger. <laughs> um, so nobody like made mixtapes, but I've definitely heard of mixtapes being used as like, oh, you know, I like you. Uh, but that was, I think, like if you grew up in the 90s rather than if you were
0: born in the 90s, okay, like we were okay, because okay, at least from myself, the family, I don't think mixtape is something that was popular. So I was quite surprised that mixtape is is a thing. Um what but yeah. You you well we don't really we're not really that vocal or like that um obvious I guess. Yeah. For us it's like an online blog. And that was really popular in Taiwan before uh-huh. Facebook came along. And um, at the time, like there is this feature where you can lock like um, a blog post. So if you like somebody, like a lot of the time you like lock like a bunch of blog posts, but you post all about them and you only share Aww. the password with your friends or something. So oh, that's, that's so also cute. <laughs> yeah, that's also like the other way of um showing care or interest, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's adorable, actually. <laughs> I think that's really like. I can imagine a like, group of friends who are like, super excited and they would just share their blog post. Oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. going from that, we're going into like a very short, very, very short song. Um, we can just mention it existed and move on, unless you have to, something to say, I guess. So we cut to Brian performing a warm-up comedy bit with I'm Not Wearing Underwear Today. And in the end of it, Christmas Eve tells him to get a job.
0: <laughs> that's
1: it anything to say about it? No, I'm <laughs> okay, good. good. Moving on. So um, after the comedy beat is done, Brian introduces the singer Lucy the Slut, who is apparently very popular. Um, Or at least we gather that because Trekkie Monster left his apartment to come with all of them, and the only reason he did that is because of her. Um, so she sings about making her uh, lovers feel special with her, and that's the entirety of the song <laughs> what do you think um I feel like <laughs> I really don't have much thought about it me neither I think like it's a pretty okay song yeah I think it sounds pretty nice like but it's not something I would play over and over again but I can appreciate that it's not like terrible yeah which I can't say the same for the next song which is my least favorite song in the musical You can be as loud as the hell you want, and then in parenthesis when you're making love. The bed decision bears enter again with alcohol for Princeton and Kate, um, who is to teach her lesson tomorrow. So um, she really doesn't want to drink, she wants to be sober, and they convince Kate to drink, so she and Princeton get wasted. Um, When Kate goes to get more drinks, Lucy approaches Princeton and propositions him. Kate returns and Lucy shades her by making fun of her being a monster. And Lucy exits, saying to Princeton that when he's done with Kate, he knows where he can find her. Um, Which is, I guess, foreshadowing. (laughs) Then Kate is very, very flirty with Princeton and he takes her home with him. And then uh, they have sex very loudly and the neighbors complain. Gary says that they can be as loud as they want. Thoughts about the
0: song? Oh, my God. Okay, so first of all, I really don't like the bad idea bears. Yeah. I thought they were so annoying, their voice so sharp. And it's just the way they talk is really getting on my nerves. So I hate grow up? Did you, up, did you so grow much. up
1: with Care Bears?
0: No, I don't. Okay,
1: they reminded me of Care Bears.
0: Um but okay. like
1: very, very evil version of Care Bears because of the the colors they have and the voice and the design. Um, I wonder if that's actually the case or it's me like superimposing uh ideas onto it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I agree. They're they're kind of annoying.
0: And also I just don't like the idea of like taking advantage of a wasted girl. Oh yeah. Like not cool. Um and other than that, really don't have much to say. It's so uncomfortable to see it on stage it's very explicit so I and i think that. we we talked about it in our first episode in waitress where um things were a little bit sexual and i thought that they were very explicit already but nothing compares to this song to be oh, honest okay. we have
1: some musicals that you will not believe Yeah, are <laughs> <We're laughs> waiting for you uh yeah. but yeah it was very uncomfortable to listen to i don't want to say like i'm a prude or anything it just I feel like this kind of humor or this kind of plotline just isn't for me. Like I don't enjoy this kind of crass behavior, and I didn't think it, I did think it was a little bit questionable about how wasted Kate was. But yeah, I feel like it's part of the, like the bad decision bear, though. I don't think it's like they're trying to show it in a an offensive way. And there's not yeah. much to say about, it, you know, it's not really a <laughs> conversation. It's like, oh yeah, they're banged, and that's it. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, so. We uh, cut to Rod and Nikki. Rod is awake while Nikki is asleep and Nikki is sleep talking. Um, So in his sleep, he says that he loves Rod and um, Rod gets very excited to hear that since he has feelings for Nikki too. Um, So he is excited that his feelings are finally reciprocated and sings a very sweet song, I thought, about fantasies coming true by having a relationship with Nikki. And we also cut to Princeton and Kate. Um, Princeton gives Kate his lucky penny, which is a very romantic gesture. Um, He says it's his lucky penny because it brought him to Kate, which I thought was also really cute. Um, And Kate is really happy to hear that because she genuinely likes Princeton as well. So Kate and Rod sing their song together about their fantasies coming true, aka the relationship they want. Um, And in the end of the song, Nikki comes in and we find out that Rod was actually asleep the entire time and he dreamt this. Oh, I know. That was my reaction too. In the end of my novel, I wrote, Aw, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> imagine this as a key drama. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. It's like, oh my god, I can think about it as like secondary and first male lead or whatever. I think that will be really cute. So that's how I yeah. imagine it, because it's the most dramatic line throughout the entire musical almost. I mean, there is Princeton's struggle, but honestly, I'm not as invested. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too um but musically like I don't think it was anything special I just like think it's it's a very cute song and I like the
0: sentiment behind it I think it furthers the plot yeah yeah I feel like it's probably how I feel about most of the songs from these musicals to be honest it's like I don't mind listening to them but they're not like great it's yeah. not like I'll add them to my playlist
1: I had difficulty figuring out like or singling out a song that I could say like oh what's my favorite song or what's my best yeah yeah, because I don't I don't really have strong feeling about any of the songs. But I was like, what can I think about objectively is the nicest sounding song. So that is to come. <laughs> difficulty. Like, I, it, I would say like, oh, it's my favorite song from the musical, but I don't think that much that highly of it, to be honest. Okay. okay. Um, all right. So we cut to Kate, um, who is getting a phone call. She overslept and missed the lesson she was supposed to teach. So Miss, uh, Mrs. says she should have never hired her in the first place because she is a monster and that her race is notoriously lazy. Um, and rightfully, Kate gets angry and calls her a bitch. Kate obviously quits after this. Princeton says that that was very brave of her and he asks Kate to go out with him to Brian's and Christmas Eve's wedding as his girlfriend. Um, and then we cut to Brian and Christmas Eve's wedding. Rod gets uh, really upset and left. And I don't know why, to be honest, but I I thought he, like, felt really emotional about their connection and he
0: was tearing up or something. I think I think it's because, like, he sees that Christmas Eve and Brian have exactly. somebody committed for life. But at the same time, like, his feelings for Nikki is not getting responded. Exactly. So. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Good. We're, we're good, thinking good, the good. same.
1: Um, okay. So everybody thinks, like, wonder what's wrong with him. Christmas Eve thinks it might be because of his girlfriend, while other thinks uh, Rod is gay. So they ask Nikki because he lives with Nikki and they're best friends. And Nikki says he thinks Rod is gay. He always thought Rod was gay and he is in the closet. So Rod overhears and gets really angry. Um, and he covers up his anger with my girlfriend who lives in Canada. And in the end of the song, Nikki says he would still be his buddy if Rod were gay. And Rod kicks him out. Um, Okay, cut from that to Princeton thinking about his purpose when Christmas Eve and Nikki mention it offhand. Um, He is thinking about his life with Kate, the commitment and all it necessitates, and he freaks the fuck out. So Kate comes to him with a bouquet that she had to like wrestle out of a child <laughs> and uh, Princeton decides to talk to her about the relationship because they've been spending a lot of time together um, and he hasn't been really looking for his purpose so he doesn't want a girlfriend right now and obviously Kate is very hurt and sings there is a fine fine line.
0: Right, so I agree with the boundary topic and and she should definitely I am a hundred percent agreeing with Kate here, like she should drop that line of um, Princeton's wasting her time, like she should mm-hmm. just him out of the life. I feel like Princeton doesn't really know what he wants anyways. I don't mm-hmm. really understand why people always feel like they had to figure shit out before they have time for like a partner because to me like having somebody in your life means that you're just going through the struggles together so it's not like necessarily a distraction more so of just like having that extra layer of support or like um almost a companion That's to interesting go through life that. with you really because I
1: think about as this I thought about it as a distraction like for example, university. During university I always turned down like guys who asked me out and stuff like that, because I didn't want anything to distract me from my grades. And in terms of like support, as I mentioned before, I'm really close with my family and like I could always depend on my friends. So I didn't want anything to distract me personally.
0: But he is after university, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean I get it if a school and you have to like work hard to achieve like a certain level of achievement. But mm-hmm. here you're finding like your life purpose. So like who knows when you're actually going to find that. It could be like age, I don't know, 40 or 60 or even 80 where you never find it. Does that mean that you'll never have time? It, It was my question. So I just didn't really, I couldn't really relate or understand Princeton here
1: um i think it's very true in terms of the sentiment the way she's thinking about it in general kate i think has a good head on her shoulder she knows what she wants and she's definitely not afraid to look for it and to go and get it and she when she looks and wants to get something she looks very earnestly you can see she's a hard worker all right so there's life outside your apartment uh princeton is wallowing in his sadness Uh, The bad decision beers try to perk him up, but are unsuccessful and leave. Brian comes in, concerned that no one has seen Princeton in two weeks, and he tries cheering him up by making him leave the apartment. In the end of the song, Lucy walks in, and the cast convinces Princeton to take her to his apartment.
0: I really don't understand his character too like he dumped Kate and now he's singing about like how miserable his life is so I didn't really get it. it.
1: The thing is I feel like he is thinking about life very materially and he's doing a lot of comparison between him and others which is a big theme in this musical actually he is seeing oh he has no job he has no girlfriend. He has no support to network. Like he's been alone in his apartment for two weeks. He's probably feeling horrible about himself.
0: Does it make any coherence? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think now that you explained it a little bit, I can probably try to see it from that point of view. Um, Not meaning that I would necessarily agree, yeah. but I, I think it definitely helped me in and I can understand like where he's coming from a little bit more. Alright, so after that, <laughs> um,
1: so Princeton runs into Kate with Lucy, Kate is upset, and Christmas Eve comes to console her, so Kate asks Christmas Eve, why can't people just love each other, and Christmas Eve sings, the more you rub someone, Um, sorry, that's the way it's written, I'm not making fun of her accent, but um, Kate... Um, is writing a letter to Princeton, India, and saying that she would actually like to be friends. And in the letter, she invites him to the Empire State Building and asks him to let her know and call her if he's not coming. So she goes into his apartment to deliver the note that she wrote him and meets Lucy. She asks Lucy to give Princeton the note she wrote. And I don't understand how can can she be so stupid and think that she'll actually give her the note They almost went into, like, a fight, like, a physical altercation at the bar, and she thinks that Lucy will actually give the note, how stupid I can you know, be? I know, right? It's
0: I like, know. just make sure to you deliver yourself.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, So, she leaves the note with Lucy, and Lucy destroys it immediately, <laughs> which is, like, <laughs> duh. Um, So, this is how the scene ends.
0: The more you love someone,
1: the more he make you crazy. The more you love someone, the more you're wishing him dead. Sometime you look at him and only see fat and lazy. And wanting peace, barbat, for hitting him on his head. I'll just say it's my favorite song from the musical. Really?
0: <laughs> okay, you go ahead and explain why.
1: <laughs> um, I just like it musically, to be honest. I think, like, some of the the points are interesting of the way, like, people think about it. Of, like, oh, you know, don't give up straight away if it's clear that he has feelings for you and you have feelings for him. So I like the spirit behind it somewhat. Mm -hmm. But I just... The main reason why I like it is musically and Christmas Eve, in the production we've seen and in the um, Broadway cast recording, has probably the best voice in the cast. So it's just the audio file on me.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, I don't feel as strongly about the song as you do, I guess. I don't but... feel strongly about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I just didn't really appreciate the accent. Oh yeah. I, I think, I think that's the the thing that I actually pick up from this song the most is, mm-hmm. um. so like we talk about if the, if the casting for Christmas Eve is a white person here, then I feel like they're, I take it as more of a mocking than trying to provide, like, authentic Asian character. Because who doesn't have accents? And I feel like it's one thing if you actually have an accent. And, I mean, who would laugh at that, right? But the, it's the other thing that you are from another ethnic group and trying to mimic that. Because yeah. to me, that's a little bit offensive. So, it's um, super offensive.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: I know the production team, they claim it to be like a more performer by performer basis kind of thing. And it's up to the performer to see like how heavy that. Or, like, how they interpret the, the script, I guess. Um, but to me, it's, it's not only a racial sensitivity kind of thing, but it's also a comedy sensitivity thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you play something cheap, then and you play it for a cheap laugh, I always kind of think it comes up as offensive. That's um, true. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally disgusting. If it is actually a white person um, playing her, which is part of
1: the reason why we're really curious, um, it's really not okay. Especially since, like... Uh, in the production, she wears like very um, uh, clothes. Clothes are supposed to look very ethnically Asian, um, yeah. so it's very insensitive. And also, it's important to note while they do obviously have um, control over how they're acting the character and how they make her sound, the accent is baked into the lyrics because mm-hmm. they don't spell it as love. Um, it's not the more you love someone, it's the more you rub someone, R-U-V. So there's not even much control you can have because the accent is the title of the song.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, message-wise, I think it's a pretty... Pretty sweet song. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty nice song. I like to see that kind of bond like between, yes. I guess, female characters to trying to like comfort and support each other. I always um, point out yeah.
1: as well. I really like that in Waitress and I really like that in My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think it's nice when they don't show like female characters that are like pitted against each other because yeah. I feel like friendship is so important to girls and like they have a very different bond, I guess, than guys in terms of friendship and i feel like it's it's very strong so it's nice that they're characterizing it in a way that is not toxic (laughs) exactly exactly um all right so nikki was couch surfing apparently at brian and christmas eve (laughs) (laughs) but uh they kick nikki out and apparently princeton and kate already kicked him out as well um, so, he goes to Gary and asks if he can crash with him, and Gary refuses and tells him to be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, he tells Nikki to actually consider all the joy he'd bring to others by, uh, seeing how miserable Nikki is in comparison to them, and Gary also thinks schadenfreude
0: you ever clap when a waitress falls and drops a tray of glasses? Yeah. And ain't it fun to watch figure skaters falling on
1: their asses? Sure. Don't you feel all warm and cozy watching people out in the
0: Okay, again, like musically it's really not that great to me. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the vocals are not the strongest. Exactly. <laughs> it's so hey, I, just, I just have to put it out there. All right. Um, but I appreciate the fact that instead of uh you know, hypocritically denying that human nature side of us, um, the they talk about how we in fact like enjoy other people's failures and that is in a way like what unite people um but I found it's a very interesting phenomenon and, and it's interesting that it made it into a song too and we also have a very similar um term in in Mandarin as well so I can totally understand where this is coming from yeah what what, what about you what do you think about it I because like since you know German too
1: I, I my German is like okay, it's not, <laughs> I wouldn't say I know German. Um, but I actually did like a song more in terms of like music. I thought it was like upbeat, happy. It's it's a pretty upbeat song. I think people always do it, and I think like oh, watching people outside in the rain is something that I would laugh at more rather than like seeing a homeless guy in the street. So there is there is the amount of schadenfreude you feel, and I guess it probably depends on how down in a dumpster life is. I don't know, I thought it was a pretty entertaining song, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Okay. Now we get to a real downer, actually. Um, so Kate is waiting for Princeton at the Empire State Building, and obviously he doesn't show up because he never received the notes. Kate gets uh, to throw the penny that um Princeton gave her out of like frustration and anger and so on and she wishes for someone who actually loved her. Princeton was looking for Lucy since their one night stand and um she left without saying goodbye so um he finds Lucy and Lucy says she doesn't want anything to do with him or that he isn't special and as they were walking the penny uh Kate through, hit Lucy and she went to the hospital Um, So, (laughs) I know, it was fun. It's like uh, karma, instant karma. Kate rushes in to see her, um, well not her, see Princeton really, and see if everything is okay, and she finds out it was her Penny that hurt Lucy. um, And she confronts Princeton about sending her up, and finds out Lucy never delivered the note, and she feels a little bit less bad. And um, Princeton apologizes to Kate about hurting her feelings. And then we cut to Nikki asking for alms as Rod walks by, and Nikki apologizes again, but Rod doesn't change his mind. So uh, Rod consults uh, Christmas Eve about not having anyone in his life and missing Nikki, and uh, Christmas Eve consoles him by telling him he is special. So we see that like being special and feeling special is a big theme in this musical. And then finally, we cut to Kate, Nikki, and Princeton who wish they could go back to college because life was a lot easier back then.
0: Honestly, I, I actually prefer adult life more than student life. Uh-huh. I can kind of understand where they're coming from. And I've heard people saying that they wish that they could go back to university because life back then was so much simpler and um, so much happier, I guess. But just personally, I can never really, really get the feeling because to me, like student life was so much more stressful. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess it has to do with some kind of maybe the studying nature well like the environment that asian like the asia has compared to north american even though i i went to high school here but um so the overall studying environment in in asia was very toxic mm-hmm. and it's very high pressure too so you're pretty much just defined by your grades and your grades only mm-hmm. and that's at least that's the case in asia and you had to put up with so much is you know peer pressuring and like socializing shit in schools and everything is very like closed minded or well, not closed minded, but everything is very limited, because yeah. you are only exposed to a certain group of people every day. So there's really no escape if they didn't like you. So um, I feel like as a student, I really didn't have a lot of choice. But here I think it's maybe they talk about much more than just going back to be a student but also like other possibility that they Mm -hmm. could have had um if they had the choice to you know kind of start from the beginning and then choose again so um yeah it's a more sentimental song and it's a lot more emotional than the other numbers in the musical I Mm -hmm. feel like if you know the other numbers like even though they convey a more heavier message like usually it's the song like musically itself is still pretty bright and energetic but this one is really um emotional like in comparison
1: um i'm just curious so for clarification like you went to high school here but you also went to university here and they're saying specifically about the university experience which i'm guessing has like different standards than um than schooling in asia Mm -hmm. so For your university experience, how would you categorize that because of the difference? Like,
0: you have more freedom in terms of the friends group. That's true. That's Mm -hmm. true. Um, I guess, like, university was a lot better for me compared to high school. Right. Uh, But still, like, I feel like maybe it's just because I'm not, I don't really enjoy studying all that much. Mm -hmm. So, um, to me, like, working is just so much easier than studying.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough um for me like I'm actively trying to go back to university I'm uh, applying to like master's and PhD programs um and I really like okay so let's be honest the university I went to had like hella toxic environment (laughs) it's very competitive (laughs) environment and you're Mm -hmm. completely looked at as a person based on your grades kind of like and on top of all that, you need to do a lot of other stuff. So the way you described the schools in Asia sounded very similar to my UFT experience. But I actually really enjoy that kind of experience because I felt really productive. I felt, like, good about it. I felt like I was producing stuff that I cared about. So it just felt very rewarding in comparison to the other work experience that I, I had, which is um, our office together, which felt kind of, like... Yeah inconsequential kind of mindless and like I wasn't contributing much even though I did produce like outputs and everybody Mm -hmm. produced outputs it didn't feel like I was changing anything um so I I feel for them I don't want to go back to undergrad again I just want to like progress my career still um and that's something they say is like oh I wouldn't feel comfortable being so old amongst these young people I was like have you ever considered master's or phd because I swear to god half the people who go to master's and phd have the exact same feelings you have Right. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I don't feel like I want to go back to undergrad, but like if it's for advancing like my knowledge or exactly. my expertise in my career, then I would go back to school for that. But mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, and this is like if we're talking about undergrad, then maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, undergrad, undergrad can definitely be
1: stressful. And um, we went to different universities. But from what I've heard about your university, it also sounds like a very stressful experience. Um, okay, moving on. So uh, we get to see Nikki running into Princeton, or more like Princeton running into Nikki because he's homeless and living on the street and Princeton was just walking by. And um, he, Nikki asks Princeton for money. And Princeton refuses, even though it was only a quarter. Come on. So Nikki tells him to think about somebody else for a change. And Princeton gets a revelation. Um, He understands that he's been super selfish. And all the time, he's only been thinking about himself. And he decided to do something nice for somebody else for a change. Um, He wants to raise money for Kate's Monster School. And he takes back the money that he gave Nikki. (laughs) So... When that happened, Nikki gets the revelation himself, um, and he decides to help Rod, um, and he does that by getting him a boyfriend. So in the middle of the song, Gary comes in, and they both ask him for money. He gives them a dollar after saying, like, oh, you know, my parents told me the exact same thing when they took all the money away from me, uh, but he still gives them a dollar, which is nice. And then Brian and Christmas Eve waltz in um, saying that they got a lot of money for their wedding gifts that they got from them. Uh, they exchange them for cash. And the cast hounds them for money as well. They give them $15. Um, and then they break the fourth wall by going to the audience members and asking them for money as well.
0: What are your thoughts? Okay, so first of all, to me, it seems like Princeton's still really... So he isn't really... St- About helping Kate or seeing the value in her dream. Like he refers to her school as quote unquote that stupid school. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's the point of the song is that it's not really about making a difference or like helping others necessarily. It's like kind of comes back to you because the lyrics also say that when you're doing something for others is also Mm -hmm. for your own need. Right. Yeah. I guess no matter how noble your motivation is, as long as you're doing good, then it's worth the praise, in my opinion. I agree. Um, Yeah, but obviously it doesn't help me to like Princeton's character. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a very... Once again, I think it's the other song that kind of just reveals that the darker side of the human nature is like, you know, maybe you claim it to be from a good cause, but Mm -hmm. really you're doing it for your own sake. And that is nothing to be ashamed of. You can't really ask a person to be truly selfless. Like you have to get something in return, right? Rather that Mm -hmm. it's like materialistic uh, return or like some kind of spiritual satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So I think it is fair and totally, totally okay to have this level of like personal motivation to um in doing good I guess so yeah like in that sense I find it very realistic too um I still don't really like Prince's character but like what he's doing for Kate is still pretty nice Mm -hmm. yeah what do you yeah I don't find him likable as well but I think his Mm -hmm. character is very realistic Yeah. I don't
1: (laughs) dislike him because I was like oh like he's just a Joe Blow I met so many people like this Um, and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong about the way he's operating. Um, in terms of the song itself, again, like, I didn't really think much of it. Um, I, I like that they broke the fourth wall by asking the audience for money. I thought it was kind of cute. They, like, got the hat for, like, the, the money, the money was in around the audience. And, like, they collected a bunch of, like, useless stuff that the audience apparently quote unquote gave them. Um, so I thought it was, like, a cute little joke. (laughs) <laughs> so as I mentioned, they didn't end up raising all that much money, um, but there is still one more person they didn't ask, um, Trekkie Monster. So at first Trekkie shooes them away, but then he overhears Princeton saying that the money is for Kate's Monster School, and that's when we hear about Trekkie's tragic backstory. Um, so as a kid, he was being uh, pretty mercilessly bullied for being a monster. And he doesn't want other monster children like him to go through the kind of abuse and hurt he went through. So he decided to donate ten million dollars for the oh school. God. And he has all that money because he invested in porn.
0: I feel kind of bad for for Trekkie monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, because that's just discrimination. I don't really know what it's the implication or like what's. Th- what does monster mean in this musical's context? Mm-hmm. Like, is it some kind of reference to like a specific race in real life or like, it's just, uh, I don't know, like another group of puppets. I, I have no idea
1: too but they literally like name check all the races either they exist in the show or they name check them so I'm guessing it's some kind of amalgamation of other races stereotype I don't Mm -hmm. know but I was thinking about that too so I think it's something that they created as just an amalgamation of several stereotypes
0: I see I see okay okay I kind of thought that he was like african-americans yeah but then that's the
1: one i closely most closely thought about because of what um miss thistle thiddle told Mm -hmm. kate i feel like that's like stereotypes that unfortunately like you hear a lot said about african-americans
0: yeah um so that's what i thought as well but it was like oh but gary exists that's what i thought too and the other um reason why i thought that is because like I think Trekkie Monster says something about, like, other kids, like, used to pull his fur or something. Yeah. And I know, like, black communities sometimes, um, like, people are curious or, like, not oh, so could. respectful about their hair. Yeah. And that's the other thing that could imply that it's an African-American ethnic group. But I don't, I'm not really sure. And I also, like, admire that he's willing to... um. You know, make sure that other people don't go through what he has been through mm-hmm. um, by contributing what he can. We don't really get to understand his character a lot throughout the musical, but like the selfless act here, I think is very, very nice. What mm-hmm. do you think?
1: I I totally agree with you. Like I wasn't really big on Trekkie as a character. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, he always comes up when things get inappropriate. But I think this was very endearing. I thought it was very sweet and. Yeah, I mean, I think the most harked upon, like, racism in the entire show is about monsters, because it comes up, like, again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's stuff that we feel the most strongly about. Um, so I think it's really very, like, nice that he is willing to, A, donate this much money for other children, and, like... He didn't have to do that because he like they gave up and then he overhears them talking about the money for the mm. school children.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, yeah, I thought it was it was sweet as a song itself. It's OK. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, OK, so maybe we can mash together all the reprises. Yeah. So uh, there are three. The money song, there is a fine, fine line. And what do you think? What do you do with a BA in English? So I'll just go through them uh, like bullet style. So um, Kate enters and everyone gives her the money they raised. Brian and Christmas Eve are leaving Avenue Q because Brian is starting a new career and Christmas Eve finally has a client who is very obviously Rod um rod enters with champagne for everyone he comes out and apologizes to nikki and asks him to move in with him and then we find out that apparently nikki posted a dating ad for rod and he found someone who looks exactly like him for rod to date and then um christmas eve lets kate know that princeton had the idea to raise the money for the school which means he cares a lot about her and they get back together and um a new puppet with a BA in English, just like Princeton, waltzes in and sees the forensic sign because uh, Brian and Christmas Eve are leaving. And then Princeton figures out his his purpose finally. And his purpose is to help people like him by taking everything he is learning and putting it in a show. The new kid doesn't really take it that well. And <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that for the three reprises. What do you
0: think? One note, though. I don't think Kate took him back necessarily. She did. I thought that there, she said that we should take things, like, one day at a time. She did, but then they kissed. Oh, okay, that completely changed how I saw this, because I was really happy that she didn't take him back uh, um, <laughs> right away. But <laughs> but I guess, okay, okay. Well, no comments there, then. <laughs> no comment. I do not care to disclose my feelings. No, I just thought that it would make more sense if she, you know, is trying to take things seriously slow I with agree Princeton, with and just because he was being such a jerk and just because he did one thing nice for her doesn't mean that she had to take him back into her life mm-hmm. I think it will grow naturally if they really do care about each other so I would personally much prefer if the ending just kind of left it vague that they are still trying to maybe figure it out or thinking taking things slow mm-hmm. but but yeah
1: Okay, yeah, I agree with you. I would have liked for them not to have gotten together right away, but, like, taking it slow, so it's evident they work on their feelings of each other as people, um, Mm -hmm. or they're just, like, having some kind of attraction to each other, or infatuation. So I would have liked that as well, but that's okay. Um, Yeah, and in terms of Princeton's character, just because I dislike how Rod handled the entire thing with Nikki... Um, I find Rod being able to, like, throw Niki out to the street more problematic, so it's like, in, okay. yeah, in comparison, Princeton looks better <laughs> to me. Um, so yeah, so when the kid, new kid doesn't really take it well, everybody makes fun of him kind of about, like, his idea of putting it in a show, so, um, Gary consoles him by saying that he might never find his purpose, and it's normal not to, and, uh, they close the show by enjoying what they have for now, because it will all eventually end. You're going to
0: have to make a few compromises for now, for now, but only for now. for now, only for now, for now. only for now, only for now, only for now, personally I find the message is quite good, mm-hmm. Um it's a very almost like positive and like very bright song too yeah. it's pretty much just saying that all the setbacks and challenge they're only temporary and you'll eventually kind of get out of it so it's only for now it really resonates with my value too I think mm-hmm. um, it makes me like want to appreciate the presence more and even though like now for example we're all living under like COVID situation like we mm-hmm. can't really go out and um, there's a lot more restriction and things that you can't do but um thinking about that way it's like trying to remind ourselves of all the things that we still have and all the good things that we still own in the presence which really kind of just make I hope like make people appreciate what they have a lot more because they're obviously people's situation who's worse than yours
1: mm-hmm. um
0: and I don't know it's just things like that kind of always kind of just Reminds me that you should just appreciate what you have, and um, because it's very unlikely that you will have the chance to relive the situation once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, I think I about the same. Like, um, I don't really necessarily think about like the future and what it means and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. I try not to think about it because I I don't see the value in it for me, to be honest. Just like I think about long enough or like to stretch enough that will help me plan for what I'm hoping to do, but nothing beyond that to be honest. Um what I think the song does well that is normalizing like not having a purpose or not being special because what matters I think or what they communicated matters is having a good security network that you care about having your partner having your friends having your family and you don't need to be something that is special you don't need to be somebody who has a purpose and who has other drive besides wanting to share like the moments you get in life with them um which i totally agree
0: with yeah all right so i think this is the time for final rating so what score would you give it all right i'm gonna do a drum roll Mm -hmm.
1: I'm going to give it a six out of 10 bed decision beers. Oh,
0: nice. That's good. That's good. Um, I'll give it four out of 10 pennies. <laughs> Ooh, <ouch. laughs> okay. So, listen. So, anything ranging from <laughs> four to six, it's Didn't like. you it lower than Miss Saigon? I did. I did. And the reason for that is because, at least musically, Miss Saigon has some pretty good songs. Very true. But I don't really necessarily enjoy um, the majority of the songs in Avenue Q. No. And I um, guess so for me, anything below a seven. Oh, oh so for for ranging from five to seven means that I would go watch it mm-hmm. if you know, like if I have a friend who also want to go, but I would not be willing to spend too much money on it. Okay. And anything between like a three so three and fours are, I would not spend money to watch it. And one to two is that even if somebody buys me a ticket, I will not watch it. Oof, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I wonder what would ever get one to two. I'm so curious for this to come. Oh, my God. Um, Claire, this needs to happen. I need to I need to hear one or two. Something. Oh, no. Um, we'll see, we'll see. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. And I guess eight and above is, like, stuff you'd pay good money to see. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. I don't really have that much rhyme or reason. In my ranking, I gave it six out of 10 because I think it has some educational value, especially for the time. I appreciate the puppet production. I think that's kind of original. Um, I don't think any of the songs are particularly good. I wouldn't listen to them for the song's sake, but I can see the value in the production overall, even though it's a bit outdated. You don't tell us what's your favorite song.
0: Oh, I think it's because I don't really have one. Um, not you do I, but you have to choose. Okay, I have to <laughs> I really choose. Know. I think it would be "It Sucks to Be Me" then. Okay. Because I just find the songs the funniest, and I like. I want to clarify. Okay, so the reason why I gave it a four, is not because it's like entirely horrible. Like I agree with you that there. You would go to see it if somebody bought your ticket. Yeah, like it still has its educational value, and mm-hmm. you know, like some of this. I guess the plot or like the songs are still quite nice but it's not something that I would want to spend like 70 or like 100 dollars to go see you know and it's Mm -hmm. something that I wouldn't be like oh I'm craving to see Avenue Q again so that's hence the rating totally okay that's fair enough
1: all right so, thank you all so much for listening and let us know if you actually really like this musical, if you have different opinions, um, and how your opinions differ from ours. And you can do that by contacting us at Podway Podcast on Instagram, which we have started to be very active on, um, <laughs> on Twitter and on Reddit. And you can also email us at PodwayPodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yes. And if you have any requests, like any musical that you would recommend us to watch or comment on, um, please also let us know. We're always looking for new uh, recommendations and ideas about the musicals, too. So
1: Yes, for sure. We would love to hear it. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much again for listening and bye-bye. Bye.